Well, look at that already. Another weekend and uh, time for another edition of the Speaking For Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gamison. Hello, Adam. It's great to be with you. And today we are uh, d- reviewing another book for the Speaking For Him book club, The Red Badge of Courage. And so I have my Speaking For Him book club members with me, uh, Denise Dykstra and Naomi Van Harn. We'll get into our discussion in just a moment. But first, Adam is going to give us our quote of the day. On the way to Washington, his spirit had soared. The regiment was fed and caressed at station after station until the youth had believed that he must be a hero. There was a lavish expenditure of bread and cold meats, coffee and pickles and cheese. And as he basked in the smiles of the girls and was patted and complimented by the old men, he had felt growing within him the strength to do mighty deeds of arms. And that is from the book Red Badge of Courage. All right. Um, so I, I want to start off by saying, first of all, that I, that I picked this quote because I felt like it was a good contrasting quote from what he thought going to war was going to be like and what actually happened. Uh, because one of the things that's interesting about this book, as opposed to many other books in the genre that we may read is it doesn't really talk about one side being better than the other. And it doesn't really talk about who won so much as talking about the brutal reality of war. And so I think it is important to read for that reason, but it's not the feel-good, pop some popcorn and read it with your family type of book. So I just wanted (laughs) to throw that out there to begin. Um, Naomi, if you would give us some of your initial thoughts and maybe some background um, on how it was to read this book. I don't think you want my initial thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> my notes. I wasn't even done reading, and I wrote, this book is painful. <laughs> my mind keeps watering while reading it. Like, I just, I was telling Denise while we were reading it, I couldn't stay focused. Well, I think, so, I think uh, in full disclosure, I think maybe the reason I subconsciously chose this book is to get back at Naomi for Withering Heights. Hey, I love Withering Heights. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. That is one of my favorites. <laughs> right. I, you guys, have, you've made it. You yes. Even, <laughs> yes. even. But I, I had similar thoughts about yeah. that. Because yes. I kept texting you and saying, is this going to get better? And it does. <laughs> well, everybody cer- gets married. In everybody falls respects, in love. In certain respects, but in other respects, not so much. But anyway. And how can you not love Heathcliff? Okay. Secretly, how can you not kind of love that dark character? But no, um, I, I am glad I read the book, and now I'm going to pass it to Denise. <laughs> I would just like to say that this morning I, I was going to look it up, but this book is actually supposed to be much, much longer, and um, they made him shorten it to fit in some newspaper thing. So this could have been longer. Mm-hmm. It could have been worse. Ooh. Okay. No. No. <laughs> Now, here's the interesting thing I read was that it was initially published as newspaper articles and then it was published in a full length. And then like 20 years after that, it was published with 5,000 more words. So I'm not exactly sure. Oh, I which, didn't read that part. So you know more than I So do. I'm not exactly <laughs> sure which version we read, but uh, there was a lot of words and, <laughs> and well, I love how they advertise this book, though. Yeah. It's a short read. It yes. is compact. It's a little book. <laughs> well, here's 
Here's part of my struggle with it was that it was very narr- it was very narrative driven, mm-hmm. and I like dialogue, so I struggled with it. I also struggled because it went back and forth between calling the main character by his name mm-hmm. and calling him the youth, and I was constantly yes. confused as to who they were talking about. I had to back up several times and listen to th- listen to certain things several times and i even read several of the spark notes afterwards to kind of clarify some of the themes in my head mm-hmm. as i was preparing for this so it is a difficult book well there were no names no for the most part there it's tall soldier the youth and what's the other I don't even remember. The Colonel? <laughs> don't remember. <laughs> yeah, but now the audiobook that I listened to, which I started with, the narrator was excellent. And I wish I had remembered to grab that one. But um, he changed the voices so well so that I would go, oh, we have, you know, blah, 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 blah. But um, now, but when I started to read it, I'm like, I have no idea who is even this character or this character. And then they had... Um, the boys and I, we watched the 1970s version and the 1950s version of this movie. So let me tell you, I'm prepared for this conversation about this okay. Civil War book. So I guess that could lead into a, a natural question, which is from from what you've read. Now, have you did now you had told me about a week ago that you hadn't finished the book. Is that still true, or did you finish it? Oh, I finished it. We okay, both finished good. it. We good. both had a lot of words about finishing it. <laughs> <laughs> good. <laughs> so how well did you think the movies did? Well. <laughs> uh, telling the story. So first of all, uh, I wanted to watch the 50s version because there was, I think it was done in 51, and it was played by one of the most decorated um, veterans I can't remember his name. I'm sorry, I'm not good with names. But um, so I wanted to watch that one. But my son Eli went, "No, it's black and white." So we watched the colored version from the <laughs> '70s first, and that had uh, oh, who plays? Who's John Boy Walton? Um, Richard Thomas in it. Oh, it did. I'll okay. have to watch that one. Okay, so in the beginning, he's all lovely and sweet and um i'm pretty sure that the whole set was done from the dukes of hazard <laughs> i'm just saying that i'm like i feel like the general lee has raced around this exact street and we just keep going back to it i think it might have been a made for tv movie it wasn't that awesome there was a lot of running there's a lot of running and um i watch the homecoming every single christmas it's my thing so my boys come down and they're like oh it's john boy walton and they can't just say it like that they're like john boy because there's a scene where he's driving in a truck and having this conversation with his dad in his head that the boys think is crazy so the whole time they're watching they're like it's john boy um so that was the 70s version and I will say that it probably quoted the book the most. Um, there are different couple of things in it that definitely stood out, but it probably quoted line for line most. The 50s version took complete liberal. I, I mean, there were quotes from it, but that was actually really well done. It didn't follow the book nearly as well, but actually the ending was better than the book. So, um, and all four of the boys liked that 50s version, even though it was black and white. They really liked that one. Okay. Well, again, one thing I said when at the outset of this 
book club a few years ago when we started was that I wanted to read some of the books that I had shied away from um, for reasons of wanting to read uh, more simple books. Like I've, I've heard um, that most adult fiction is written at like a fifth grade reading level. That so, is true. So, about that. so yep. if you read a book from uh, a bygone era, such as Red Badger Courage, you're reading something that causes that requires more thought because it's written at a higher level of reading, and primarily because they didn't have distractions like TV and and uh, all the music videos and things that happen today. They had reading as their main form of entertainment, and so. Well, and just a little. Sorry, just a little quick <laughs> no, note. No, it's okay. Um, most, what is it, most Americans only read at a fifth grade level, mm-hmm. right? Like that's when they're tested, they test at fifth grade. So I just think that's interesting so and we, sad. Yeah, it is sad. And that's one of the reasons why we read these books because we want, we want to challenge people. And so it was a challenge to read this book, but I, I want to say that just because it's a challenge doesn't mean you shouldn't read it. I well, think I he, just didn't like the main character. I just didn't like him. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was a diff. It was hard to follow because he didn't per, he didn't name people very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think the main kind of one of the ideas is that he kind of named them based on his perception of them. Yes, because there's a lot of descriptive terms for each person, but not really names. And again, that makes it a little difficult. Um. I think uh, one of the biggest lessons that I learned about this book or through this book is just to think more about the realities of war. You know, we we watch um, Hollywood's depictions of war and we often consider them very entertaining. And then you read something like this, which although it's a novel, really talks about the struggles of war. He go like the quote you read in the beginning, Adam. He goes off to war with these notions of being a hero. All the girls like him. All the old men are encouraging him to be bold and be a soldier. And then he goes to war, and first nothing's happening, and he's discouraged about that. Then things start happening, and he's thinking about leaving. And then he's like, "Well, if I leave, I won't get my red badge of courage, which is to be wounded in battle." And uh, then he gets hit in the head with a rifle, but he allows other people to believe that he was grazed by a bullet because that's a cooler story. And so you just see all of these um, stories converging um, to really show the struggle that he has with the internal narrative in his head, with the reality that happened versus what he thought it would be. And I think it gave me a, a new appreciation for what my brothers who are in the service have gone through. Um, my one brother who has been in combat doesn't talk about it. Mm. And I know that it's largely because of things like this where it's hard to process the realities of war. Um, you know, a lot of people say that you're either in the pro-war camp or you're anti-war. Um, but I don't think anybody is extremely pro-war if they really think about it. Nobody wants war. But sometimes war is necessary to keep the peace and to preserve liberty that we have. Um, and so 
But when you go to war mindful of its cost, mindful of the fact that you are paying a price in order to keep the people safe around you, to provide for your family, then you realize that there is a cost and that it's not just something that is, you know, just this amazing thing that you come back as a as a hero with guns blazing. So I think that's the biggest thing that I took away from it. Um, do you girls have any thoughts? Naomi's got pages of notes over here, so... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to kind of follow what you were saying, Andrew, I guess he was reading Crane, the author, was reading um, some magazines or something, some articles about the war, the and he was... series, I think. Is that what it was? Mm-hmm. And he was reading, and he's like, it's all facts, but no emotion. And so he, that's kind of what birthed the idea for this book, was he wanted, like you said, to show the emotions of the soldiers. And I kind of wonder if that's why maybe he didn't name them, is because there's, like, you know, hundreds of the tall soldier, and there's hundreds of the colonel. And these aren't specific people. These are... You know, your son is that tall soldier. Your, you know, husband is that colonel. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I kind of wonder mm-hmm. if that's because the name thing, though, is hard for me because, like you said, it's hard to follow. And and also maybe that's like how that soldier is seeing all of them. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, I think that you are you're dealing with the mixture of emotions because on one hand, you want to come out alive. On the other hand, you want to be a hero. You know, I, I, I really applaud my brothers for their bravery and enlisting in, in the armed forces. Uh, but often I think of how blessed I am that I didn't have to make that decision because I didn't have the ability to do it. So I was never faced with the, the moral quandary of do I or don't I. And uh, I, it, it's also interesting how it doesn't really take a side. I had read some, or I think on Amazon, that it was an anti-war book. Again, I don't think it was anti-war. I think it was just a reality of war book. And so it doesn't really say the Union is better or the Confederacy is better. It just says this is what war is and leaves you to contemplate it. Yep, exactly. That's what I read too. Um, a lot of these questions that we normally discuss as we go through these book reviews are not that applicable to this one because of its serious nature. But let's go with this one. What would you say is the most surprising thing to you about this book? Oh, the most surprising. Thing. All the words. <laughs> yeah, something like that. Well, again. Well, I, I started the book and... um. When he's all this youth and goes to talk to his mama about leaving, and she says, I knitted you eight, seven pairs, eight pairs of socks, mm-hmm. and I packed your favorite jam. I'm crying because Andrew just left for college, and I'm like, oh, this is going to be the best book ever. I don't think I'm emotionally okay to read this. <laughs> and then I'm looking at the youth going, oh, someone needs to pull him aside and slap some sense into that boy. <laughs> and I pretty much, yeah. by the end of the book, I'm like, if you had listened to your mama, this would have been much better. Yes. So, um, that's, I don't know, I lost track. What was the question? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that was good. That, that was, good. That was what we just witnessed, folks, was full mom mode. <laughs> yes. It comes out at moments and it's awesome. Yes. <laughs> Do you have any additional thoughts, Naomi? <laughs> I I actually wrote down that the only person I relate to is the mother. <laughs> so I'm with Denise. It's like, I love it. And she knew her son. Everything yeah. she said was right. Mm-hmm. So it was. Yeah. Now it, I will say that when we watched the movie, it brought up a lot of conversation with the boys. And I'm glad I watched the movie because it made the book make more sense. In the 1950s version, Mama is not mentioned. I'm just gonna let you know. It's kind of <laughs> sad. Mm. Um, but uh, the um. When we when he's running and the when he first runs, Eli and I were because he watched that first one with me. He's like, "Can you imagine if everyone was coming at you with a gun? Can you imagine how fast you'd run?" And he's a cross country runner, so he's like, "That would be my best PR ever." <laughs> but we we were just talking in general how how scary that would be, and then when they you know they run towards the other side and in in the movie there is a lot of running. But um, but yeah, we did. I mean, that was a good conversation to have. There's some there's some lines in here that, oh oh goodness, there's this. I won't even quote it. But even Andrew looked at me. My oldest was like, "Did did we just hear what what we just heard about beating an oak tree and other things?" I mean, it was just like he, he was talking. To, it was just it was just a different era. It's mm-hmm. just a different thing. And this book act, I mean, it did really well and then it kind of got forgotten and then it came back and yeah, it's just, and the, and the character, the author himself is a whole, a whole other story. So yes. I don't know if we're going into that either. Yes. I really liked liar, temptress, soldier, spy. I really <laughs> think we should have yes. that again. Yes. Uh, and, and we may read that, uh, next year. I actually really like the Civil War, and so I wouldn't mind if a Civil War book made it in almost every year, uh, because I really like to read Civil War books. But again, um, you know, we were joking earlier about the number of words in the book. <laughs> and, it, but it is funny to me. I mean, I guess that's one of the most surprising books, is I was like, more surprising things about it was, I was like, this is four hours long. Because I listen to the audiobook because I'm busy with school and, and preparing sermons and things like, that, things like that. So I'm listening to the audiobook and I'm thinking, I can knock this out on a Saturday. That's what I was thinking when I first started. It took and days. Then I, and then, yes, exactly. <laughs> but when the first CD was done, I'm not kidding, I literally cheered. I was like, yes! We have made it through the first CD. <laughs> yes. Uh, and that's the way you feel when you get through, you know, the first of four parts, the second of four parts, because it's not something that you can just whip right through. And I really had to to sit back and contemplate what I read because it's just so deep and so intense. And I know why people don't read it that often. You know, they always say classics are books that people talk about but never read. And that's why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because yeah. – because you have to think. Well, and I and it's not it's not the subject matter. It's 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 the main character. I do not like the main character. It's not it's not the book. It's not it's not the story even. I mean, if you told what the story is, it's it's not that it's awful. It's just I could not stand Henry at yes. all. I remember talking to Naomi, and I'm like, she was a little further ahead, and I said, does it get better? She's like, oh, after all this, he becomes a liar on yeah. top of everything. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get to that part. Yeah. I didn't tell you how, though. But I did. I I asked around to different people. I'm like, did you do you like this book? And um, 
one of my very well-read friends, Julie Pallet, says, oh, the Red Badge of Courage. I love the Red Badge of Courage. And I, I was just like, what? What do you like about the Red Badge of Courage? And she's like, oh, I don't remember. I just remember I really liked it. And I'm like, oh, you are no help. So, Julie, you really let me down on this. Okay, so... Obviously, there's some strong feelings about this book, and obviously, it was a much different book than than we anticipated. Because, like I said, I thought it was going to be a fairly simple to read, you know, quick read, and it wasn't. No, as I told Naomi, I would have really liked watching Snoopy ride around on his uh his a uh, doghouse. That's what I thought. That's all I could think about when we first mentioned this book. So, so yeah. all this being said, <laughs> since we're trying to encourage reading. <laughs> Uh, is there anything you could say? I'll, I'll give mine first, but is there anything you could say for why we should read this book? I think that this book is worth reading because it gives you a realistic look at war. And I think a lot of people who are considering enlisting in the armed forces should read this. And if you are called to do that, this book shouldn't discourage you from doing it. But it should allow you to know the realities and to know what you're facing. And as Denise has pointed out, what your mom is facing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My mom uh, is now a five-time Blue Star mother. That's a big commitment. Mm-hmm. And it's really rough. My brother Nathaniel just told my parents a couple of months ago that he's enlisting in the Navy after college graduation. They thought they were done with the military as far as new enlistees, but he made a decision to join the Navy. We're proud of him, but it was kind of a shock to to deal with how that's going to look and what's going to happen and all that stuff. But God is good, and I'm proud of my brothers who love their country and want to serve. But I would recommend this book for anyone that's considering uh, joining the armed forces. So I think it gives a, a realistic look. At the costs involved. Oh, you've got your notes. I'm going to let you take this next. <laughs> um, I just have to say that just when I was about to give up hope on the book, at the very end, he does write a really great part about how the he does actually. I don't want to give it away, but I guess I'm going to give it away. He does actually go and run into war toward the end and fight. And um, I thought that at the end it was really great because. And I'll just kind of go off my notes here. We all have moments that we look back and have regrets. And so at the end, he's regretting running away in the beginning. And um, like the soldier, we don't have to live in those failures. We can turn our lives around and we can run into battle. And the great thing is that we can run with God and he goes before us. And so I thought it was neat that at the end he goes, I can put those, those failures in my past and I can, you know, from now on know that I did go into battle and I did fight. And so I thought that part was really neat. And I would say that's my favorite part of the story and um, just a great – I thought that was a great way to end it. All right. Well, um, we will be – that will pretty much wrap up our book discussion unless you had any final thoughts, Denise. But um, we have uh, – I think it's When Comes the Spring is our next book by Jeanette Oak, and that will be a much lighter fare and hopefully be a little bit more 
fun and less agonizing. I don't think you'll have to yell at any characters. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? There might be some in there. I haven't read it in a long time, but I'm looking forward to that in the next couple of months. So stay tuned for that. And as I said, I would recommend Red Badge of Courage, but just be aware that it's a that it's an intense book and it will leave you with a lot to think about. A lot of emotions. Mm-hmm. Definitely that. <laughs> yes. Definitely that. So with that, we will say have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at Facebook.com slash Speaking For Him and on Twitter at Speaking For Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review.